Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God, because anyone that comes to God must not only believe that he exists, but that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. This is a podcast for believers in Jesus Christ who diligently seek him, who believe God's word. When he says, when you seek me, you'll find me. When you ask, it shall be given. When you seek, you'll find. When you knock, he'll open the door. If you believe that word, that's, that's all you need. God's word, every word of God is pure. Every word of God is flawless. He's a shield to those that trust in him. Proverbs 30, verse 5. You can count on every word of God. It's amazing. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, I just thank you for listening to this podcast. I have something that's just been burning on my heart, and I don't even have any notes or anything today. I'm just going off the cuff, trusting the Lord with this message. I've done a message, I think you can probably find it in one of my previous podcasts with the same title or a similar title to this, but I'm not going back, I'm going forward, and I really feel like this is the title for this message, and um, this is the message that God has me, um, that he's just etched on my heart, uh, really over the last several days, and then today I just get to be such a stir in me that I can't help but to just get this out. Anyway, the, the title is of this message today is, Where Are the Other Nine? Where Are the Other Nine? And this is a story uh, that's, that's in the Gospels and, um, you know, the story of, of Jesus healing 10 lepers. And I'm going to let you look it up for yourself. It's, uh, I think it's in more than one Gospel account. But you know the story, you're familiar with it. Uh, If you're a follower of this podcast, you know the word of God, you've heard it, you read it, you study it. You're a workman of God who studies to show himself approved of God, who knows how to rightly divide the word of truth. But the story uh, is is of Jesus healing 10 lepers. And he he instructed the lepers, he... he, um, you know, spoke a word over them. He instructed them to go to show themselves to the, to the, uh, priests in the temple. And all 10 of them obeyed his word. And as they went, the Bible says, as they went, they, they, as they moved on his word, as they took that step towards the temple and, and put his instructions into action, as they went, they were healed. They heard the word, they acted on it, and they were healed, which is fantastic. But only one returned to Jesus to give him thanks. And the one that returned, it says, <laughs> it says in the word that he was a Samaritan. I love how God always uses the scum of the earth, the people, the, the people group that the Jews hated the most, the enemies, the, the untouchables, according to the Jews, the, the unwashed Samaritans. He always uses them in the stories that are the most powerful. Uh, the story of the Good Samaritan itself in Luke. I think it's in the 10th chapter of Luke. 
uh, is a, the, the good Samaritan is, is the hero in the story. And the priest and the Levite are the scumbags, the two religious people. God loves people that just put his word into action. The people that do the word believe the word. A lot of priests and Levites and, and, and lawyers and, and, and people, even like Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, memorize they they memorize the torah of god can you imagine memorizing the first five books of moses but they didn't put it into practice they didn't put it into practice and jesus called them a brood of vipers so did john the baptist these people that knew the word backwards and forth but didn't act on it hypocrites he said wow anyway i'm getting off point a little one of the lepers a samaritan returned to give Jesus thanks and praise. It fell at his feet and worshiped him and gave him thanks. That's all we got to do. Worship is just saying, thank you, Jesus. That's the greatest act of worship you can ever have is thank you, Jesus. And Jesus said, only, only one, he pointed out that only one leopard has returned to give him thanks and praise. And he said, where are the other nine? Weren't there 10 healed? <laughs> Jesus didn't even get to see them healed because as they went, they were healed. But he knew when he spoke the word over them that they were healed. He didn't have to see it. Wow. Amazing that one returned. And that's where I really want to pivot today and just say, where are the other nine? This country, Barna, the Barna Group, if it's B-A-R-N-A, Barna Group does Christian research. I love them, man. They, they interview people coming out of churches and do research. And I love the numbers, man. I love looking at numbers. Numbers do not lie. God is a God of numbers. The universe is set on numbers. He even has a book in the Bible called Numbers. And God is a God of numbers and of math. And I look at the math. I look at the numbers. And they speak volumes when you look at the Barna group and their research that they do. And you see that today, only 6% of Americans, 6% out of about 350 million Americans have a biblical worldview. They see things through the lens of the Bible, God's word. They see things according to what God says about the world and about us and who we are and who we are in Christ and who we are outside of Christ, our sin nature. 6%. And you know, only 9% of people that profess to be Christians read their Bible on a daily basis to study the, the, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, the basic instructions before leaving earth, the Word of God, 9%. I would look at it like this. Everybody who's a Christian has some type of moment in their life where they put their faith in Jesus Christ, a lot of really profound encounters, some might be more subtle, but everybody knows a time that they gave their life to Christ. I mean, they have a story behind their faith. We're a nation that is 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 a is a nation that's built on the foundation of God's word, but we've gotten off that word. And I'll tell you, you know, the the amount of people in this nation that are professing to be Christians, the Barna Research study shows is dwindling. It used to be 92% in 1972, I think it was. I saw the other day from Barna. 1972, like 92 or 93%, something like that. Over 90 um, professed to be Christians. Now today, it's less than 
two thirds, like 64%. And um, people are, that number's going down. But the one that's really disturbing and the one I put, want to put a finer point on today is the one for for believers within that two thirds, let's say, that profess to be Christians, only only one out of 10 one out of 10, 9%, let's say, let's just give the church some credit and say it's 10%. Isn't that amazing? 10%. 10% means one out of 10. And Jesus says today, where are the other nine that come back to give him thanks? We all had these encounters with God in these moments when our life was shifted and our focus was on the Lord. But we forget that we have to seek him daily. Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread. He said, don't worry about tomorrow, what you're gonna wear, what you're gonna eat. He says also, don't worry about the past. Apostle Paul reminds us, forget those, this one thing that I do, I forget those things that are past and I look forward to those things that are ahead. Don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about yesterday, focus on today and in focusing on today, I want to ask, where are the other nine? Where are the 90% of quote-unquote Christians that don't come back to God every day, sit at his feet in the morning and take time to open up the word and to use the tools in the toolbox to tap into the spirit and the word, the word and the spirit are one, by the way. You can study that out, but you can't separate God himself from his word where are the other nine? If you're, you're listening to this podcast, you're probably in that elite group, the, the 9%, or let's just say the one out of 10. Let's just give the church some credit and round up for them. At least go there. Man, God is so cool. I mean, he's just amazing that he, he had these numbers down from the beginning. He knew that one out of 10 people that are touched by God would return to him. My neighbor's a prime example of that. I won't mention his name, but as a neighbor of mine was healed by the Lord. He was under hospice care, was actually miraculously healed. Mayo couldn't, Mayo, the best hospital on the planet, couldn't heal him of the 12 tumors in his body. And Jesus delivered him when his brother prayed for him. He said, he told me himself, he felt the, he felt light coming into his body when his brother prayed and he was so happy, he turned to the Lord and he was, he didn't realize it at the time when he, he was just on his deathbed and his brother prayed with him and he received Jesus and he got saved and I was so happy to hear that. But what he didn't know is the Lord had healed him. We found out months later, the tumors were now dormant and the, the doctors told him, you're cancer. They couldn't explain it, but it's in remission. And now fast forward today, this happened over a year ago. This man's not walking with the Lord. He doesn't want anything to do with people inviting him to Bible studies, to fellowship together, to praise God. Where are the other nine? It's sad to see, but this is just the way it is. It's the reality. This is something Jesus taught 2,000 years ago. Again, man, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in that elite 9 or 10%, you're, you're so blessed. And listen, I want to just say this. My, my ministry 
God has put a fine point on my ministry and to teach people, to make it a, to, to give, to encourage and to teach believers, to give whatever he tells me give, I give, to encourage people and to teach the word of God. Give, encourage, teach, get, G-E-T, he told me. Get going. Get going giving, get going encouraging, get going teaching. Teach the word of God. And you know, when I do that, the one of the big finer points that God has me put on my ministry, on my message, is to have a devotional life, to carve out time in the morning to get up and to seek the Lord. I know it's harder for some people. I'm gonna give you that right up front. I have a friend that his wife works. He's got six kids. Some of them are little. And you got six kids. You got a busy life. He handles the investments. His wife works. And, you know, maybe for him, I don't know this, but, you know, maybe for him it's a little harder to carve out time. He probably has to get up really early. But, man, I tell you what, if you just give God 15 minutes, there's a great devotion by uh, Craig Dennison called The First 15, and that's the premise of it. And um, if you if you need that, just reach me. Most of you know how to reach me. Just message me, text me, whatever. Reach me on Facebook, however you want. But uh, I can link you up with that. But the premise of it is just just start by giving God the first fifteen minutes of your day. Set your mind on Him and His Word, and watch your life change. I've I've asked people to test this out in their lives. Inmates that we work with, that former inmates. Uh, that are now outside trying to, to make it in this world. I've, I've told them, try this, test me in this. And every time they've come back to me and said, man, it works. And when I got off of it, things didn't go as well for me. It's amazing. Just give God the first fruits of your day and watch what he can do in your life. And I'm gonna close by saying this. I don't want this to be a message of works. Oh, Jeff, you're just telling me I gotta do something else. No, anybody who walks with the Lord and his purpose, purposefully walking with him daily is a disciple, a learner, a disciple, somebody who walks with Jesus daily. Not perfectly. None of us walk with him perfectly. Only Jesus walked with the Father in perfection without sin. We all miss the mark when we're trying to walk with Jesus. But if you're intent, God knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick and active sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If your heart's intention is to walk with God, that's all you need. If you show up, God will show up. Let me just tell you this. When God tells us to give, when he tells us to encourage, when he tells us to teach, when he tells us to prophesy, when he tells us to pray, when he tells us to speak in tongues, when he encourages us in those areas, where he's gifted us. And we all have different gifts according to the same spirit. We all have different gifts in the body for the edification of one another, for the body. And I tell you what, um, when he gives us these gifts and calls us to do these things, they're not for him. He doesn't need us to get up and read him his word. He wrote it. He doesn't need us to pray. His will's gonna be done. But yet he says, pray that my will be done. On hell and in on earth as it is in heaven. He calls us in to fellowship. He calls us in to participate in what he's doing. But you know what? If we fall off and we don't do this stuff, God's will is still gonna be done. 
He's still sovereign over it all. And he's still going to accomplish what he, what he said. Anyway, I had a brief uh, interruption there um, to my phone. So continuing on the message and actually closing, I, I've talked on this enough. I just want to encourage each and every one of you, hear my heart on this, hear the heart of the Lord that um, I believe he's speaking through me with this message. Um, get up each day. If you're not doing it, um, try it. Test me in this. Prove me wrong. Give God the first fruits of your day. Give him the first 15 minutes and watch your life change. Don't announce that you're going to do it. Don't go telling everybody and, and, and saying out loud, oh, I'm going to do this for seven days or eight days or 20 days or whatever. The devil will hear you. If you say, I'm going to do this for 20 days, he'll fight you for 21. So just get up and start your day with the Lord. Get into his word. Get into prayer. And just watch what he'll do when you show up. Where are the other nine, right? And if you are blessed enough, and you probably are already one of the elite nine or ten percent, you're the you're the one who returned to give the Lord thanks. Remember, this how we this how we do it. We come back to give Him thanks by getting up each morning and say, "Here I am, Lord, use me. Here's my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you." This is a reasonable act of service. Romans twelve is to give ourselves to Him. And let him work in our mind and renew our mind in his word. Touch us with his spirit. Anoint us with his presence so that we can go out and do the works that he did. And now he does them through us, through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus in us. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, today, and forevermore. Today, how is Jesus operating today? He's operating through believers via the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to glorify Jesus in us, through us, around us. The Holy Spirit shines a spotlight at Jesus in us, on us, around us. Remember that. And to remember all these things we do when we get up in the morning are not, are not so we can be pleasing to God. We're already pleasing to God because of Jesus Christ. We're already pleasing to God because of Jesus Christ in us, because he lives in us. And the Father is pleased with the Son who now lives in union with our spirit. So we're not doing these things to, to, to get God to approve of us. He already approves of us. We're just studying to show ourselves approved and to convince ourselves that, yes, God is working in me and through me via the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus to bring thanks and praise to Jesus and then encourage somebody else today to give this a try, to consecrate their mornings to God, to get up, to rise up early and to see what God can do with the life given to him in Jesus' name.